0: Jack Winter, your Portland Trailblazers beat writer with Clutch Points, and we are back with Talking Trailblazers. If you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know that we took last week off. Both Justice and I were doing some traveling, but a lot has happened in the world of the Blazers over the last two or three days. Specifically, everything from Joe Cronin being named full-time general manager, a you know, development that we could have seen coming uh, long ago to Nasir Little undergoing surgery on his core, likely a procedure similar to the one that Damian Lillard had to address uh, his longstanding muscle injury in his midsection. And then there was a major rumor involving arguably the best free agent in this summer's class and the Blazers. So, of course, we are going to tackle all that on this week's show with regular guest Justice Rogers, plus get into some random playoff talk that will, of course, at least in some way, (laughs) involve the Blazers. So we are going to take a quick break and then get right into the show. Thanks for listening to Talking Trailblazers. We'll be right back. We are back with Talking Trailblazers. You know what that means by now. Justice Rogers is here too. Justice, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. How you doing, my good friend, Jack? Well, I was just I was just telling you about my new knee
0: injury, so I suppose I have to be honest with our listeners now if you're gonna ask me, because we certainly don't know <laughs> any lies on this podcast.
1: Of course not. Of no, course not. Full transparency. Of course.
0: I'm doing great other than the fact that I might have retorn my uh, retorn my ACL and meniscus. But hey, that'll happen when you're running through the forest after a puppy. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. I know. But like we said in the intro before we uh, you know, before we started recording, on to bigger bigger, better Less important, more important, doesn't matter, on to other stuff other than the torn ligaments in my knee. And we're going to start with some Blazers talk this week, perhaps before getting into some playoff talk at the end of the show. And not the biggest thing that happened to the Blazers over the last three or four days. But really, the biggest official thing that happened to the Blazers, let's say, is Joe Cronin being named full-time general manager. That happened yesterday. The Blazers made that announcement on Tuesday morning. And then ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski shared some additional details that it's a four-year deal. And Woj also reported that the organization considered opening up the job to outside candidates, but but the org was ultimately sold on Cronin's vision for the franchise, which, you know, considering how blatantly the Blazers tanked over the, uh, over the last half of the season, Cronin must be doing something right. I, I think he is. I think he is for sure. I was kind of surprised uh, surprised to see the org, um, I guess, send some, send some intel through Woj, if you will. About their confidence in Cronin, not that they would have said anything different after hiring him, but uh, yeah, I just I just kind of wonder how that's being how it's being received locally, just just due to the fact that the Blazers again intentionally brazenly tanked, epic tank job as we've discussed, Justice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, over the last half of the season. So, how did you feel uh, about hearing the news that Cronin was officially named
1: full-time GM? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I felt like the news was coming. Uh, I definitely am glad that they're going that. Route, I believe Cronin is a perfect fit for him. I think him and Dame have a great relationship, and of course, like we've talked in the past and even off mic, uh, that relationship is probably most important. With Dame being the you know ultimate veteran, uh, pretty much the uh, the star and the the number one guy uh, on the Blazers roster, and even probably within the organization, yeah. uh, he would he would need to have a good relationship um, with the GM, and I think Cronin is going to be a great fit for that. Uh, We've already, at least in my opinion, seen a few things um, that have improved uh, since they had that change. I feel like they've been a little bit more outspoken, and even more transparent, I guess would be the word, uh, with fans and with those that support the Blazers. And it kind of looks like things on the up and up. So I think Cronin is probably the best fit they could find within the org. And then outside, you know, who knows who they might have got instead of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, just again, given the way the season transpired, it was, this seemed like a foregone conclusion uh, coming into the offseason. And I certainly love that the Blazers made this decision before the official offseason started. And, you know, the lottery night is coming on May 17th. That's just next week. We've got to cross our fingers on that one for the Blazers. Right. Hopefully, they get a couple of balls bouncing their way uh, fortuitously. But yeah, this was a foregone conclusion that Cronin was going to be the guy. Um, I, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I absolutely loved what they did with the, with the tank job. Um, shutting Damian Lillard down early, getting him healthy, um, and then really being really, really aggressive at the trade deadline and trading C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance and then Norman Powell and Robert Covington in a separate deal. And Mm -hmm. obviously the biggest criticism for Cronin up to this point has been the haul that he got for those players. And, you know, for me, I just, I personally, I think I valued those guys a little less, uh, certainly, than than fans here do locally, but even other analysts. Locally, I just never expected the Blazers to get much of a haul for specifically CJ and then Norm and Rocco and Nance are obviously a a level below below CJ. But this is what the haul, the total haul uh, for the Blazers is as a result of trading CJ and Larry Nance and then Norm and Robert Covington in separate deals. It's a 2025 Milwaukee first rounder, a 2025 Detroit second rounder, a $21 million trade exception, Josh Hart justice winslow keon johnson and the contract of eric bledsoe that's not very inspiring not the greatest not the greatest (laughs) if you just if you just look at it on paper and and you consider all the names involved um but again you know it's it's tough to assess the value of those players um Especially when you're, you know, when you're so close to the team like Blazers fans are, like you and I are, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I, I actually really wasn't upset with that haul um, because I love Josh Hart. We've talked about him a lot. Keon mm-hmm. Johnson showed some good stuff. It was essentially like getting a getting a first round pick um, by bringing in Keon Johnson just because he was drafted last year. Um, and, you know, he's is he a surefire rotation player next season? Definitely not. Uh, But I think he has some really intriguing defensive potential. He shot the ball a little better uh, than I thought he would last season. Then he even showed a little more juice and comfort with the ball than I thought as well. So, um, I think that's that. That's the thing that people are really going to focus on with Cronin and, and him being named full-time general manager is the haul that he got for those trades. But to me, as underwhelming as it is, especially on paper, the biggest thing is that this is just that those trades were made at all. And finally, Joe Cronin, you know, pushed. I was going to say pushed all the chips in, but I guess he pushed took all his chips out. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, and that's something I've been waiting on Neil Shea to do for multiple years. So that's the most important thing to me. And then again, just. Having the having the gumption and the confidence to lead that tank, um, you know, that, you know that, that takes a lot of confidence. It, it takes a lot. And uh, good on Joe Cronin for doing it. So I, this was certainly uh, something I anticipated, and I think it was the right call by the Blazers.
1: For sure. And I would say, you know, with what, you know, he kind of had on his plate and had on his table, I do have to kind of, you know, give him a, a kudos for what he was able to do. I'm not mad at having Justice Winslow or, you know, I'm I'm big on Josh Hart mm-hmm. um, and even Eric Bledsoe, I think, um, you know, are potential great fits. I think Josh Hart, out of all three of those guys, probably be the best fit uh, for the Blazers and their uh, roster going in next season. Uh, but I think he did all right. You know, I'd give him like a B or a B plus or maybe even a B minus um, based on what he was able to do. And now that he's going to be a full time GM. I'm hoping that now he's going to kind of turn that switch and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be go time for not only him, but the rest of the uh, Blazers front office. And I'm kind of excited to see what uh, what him him and Dane could cook up. I mean, even at the last game of the season, uh, we were all kind of sitting in the same area. They were just kind of having nice, casual, jovial conversation. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that between your, you know, star guard, your star player and the GM that the relationship does seem to be. You know they do they do seem to be well connected at this point
0: oh yeah i mean you mentioned it it's really really important that your that your franchise's best player your franchise's key decision maker and then your franchise's entrenched head coach are all on the same page and it's clear that damian lillard joe cronin and chauncey billups really are Um, So I don't think we need to cover that anymore. And we can actually shift into a big decision. Joe Cronin may have to make this summer. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, what to do with about Zach Levine, potentially wanting to come to Portland. Um, This is the story has really exploded over the last couple of days. And I want to, I want to ground us in some reality here by stressing okay. again and again throughout this conversation that we're about to have. Who knows how long it'll go? That this is just a rumor. This was just put forth by ESPN's Brian Windhorst. Um, and I'm just going to read the direct quote to you that he said on and this is Brian Windhorst on the latest, ed- latest edition of ESPN's The Hoop Collective. Here's Wendy. Okay. Let me just say that as I've talked to league executives, when they saw what Levine said and what they see the Blazers can do, that scenario has popped up. And he's talking about a potential marriage between the Blazers and Zach Levine in free agency. Justice, just right off the bat here, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm not gonna lie, I love the sound of that. I've always been a fan that's of uh, Zach Levine's game. And of course, you know, we've all been dazzled by his dunking ability and his vertical. And uh, I mean, even some of the big games he's had with Chicago and even before Chicago, when he was in uh, Minnesota, that's where he was at before Chicago, right? Minnesota? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's right. Yep. Uh, As a rookie and, uh, you know, young guy in Minnesota, I saw the potential. But even now in this past season with Chicago, like I said, he had some great big games where he was really um, the main scorer. And you can kind of see the ability he really has when um, he's that number one option on the offense, especially when DeMar DeRozan is either on the bench or out of the game. Um, And I mean, we talked about this. I don't know if it was last episode or a few episodes back, but we, I think we both agree that Dame needs Um, either a number another two guard or three guard kind of similar to CJ's game where, you know, maybe he has a few inches on Dane, but their games complement each other. Uh, Obviously, their their games are going to have to mesh well. And as I think back and even kind of look at some of Zach's, you know, highlights over the years, I think his game might might just be a good fit with how Dane plays and even some of the other guys on the squad.
0: Do you think it's a good? Do you think Levine's game is a good fit if Anthony Simons is also going to be on the floor with Dame, with he and Dame?
1: Uh well, see, that's a totally different question. I had to consider <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, here's what I'll say. Now that you threw that into the equation, because that was definitely a monkey wrench for me. I know. I'm, uh,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no.
1: I'm going to say if, right now. If I had to make the decision today, I know for sure. I believe. Well, I shouldn't say I know. I believe for sure that Dame and Zach Levine's game would mesh well. Um, Zach is a great scorer, slasher. We know how, how he can get out in the break and in transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got great young legs, obviously. Now, Zach and Ant?
0: Uh, wow, that's a good question. I mean, I, like, 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 I'm just going to jump in here. If the if the Blazers somehow managed to sign Zach Levine and there are many contingencies that they would have to put in place and they'd have to sacrifice both Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic, we can get to that here in a second. But just say that the Blazers sign Zach Levine, there's, all, there's no way. There's no way Zach Levine is coming off the bench, obviously. And as we've discussed no. ad nauseum since we started potting together, we're probably we're we're of the belief that the Blazers are likely going to start Anthony Simons as well after signing mm-hmm. into a you know big big deal this summer. Whether or not that's the right thing to do, so a. We're just getting right back to the three guard lineup thing. If the Blazers bring in Zach Levine, right? Uh, yes, yeah, he's six yeah. five. Yes, he has a six eight wingspan. But Norman Powell was six three with a six eleven wingspan, and he was more st- and he's more stout than Zach Levine. He's a better one on one defender than Zach Levine. Uh, he's even a little better team defender than Zach Levine. I actually think Levine took some major strides on defense over the last two years, mm-hmm. specifically after spending last summer with Team USA. Um, he really, really bought in on the defensive side of the ball, uh, being around Greg Popovich. Draymond Green even mentioned his improvement. Uh, uh, his improvement defensively, and we saw that this season. Um, mm-hmm. Even so, he's hardly a stopper, right? He's not a he's not right, definitely he, he's not, not a, he's not a game changing defender out there. He's not an he's not a super active disruptive help defender. He's not putting out fires uh, for you defensively, whether on the ball or away from the ball. And that's not criticizing Zach Levine. That's just being honest about the type of player he is. There's only mm-hmm. uh, you know there are only so many players in basketball uh, with Levine's physical profile, six five and you know okay length. Um, you know, pretty narrow shoulders, a great athlete, obviously, but he was mm-hmm. just not going to be a super, super impactful defender. That was never going to be his game. And at 27, you know, I think he's probably reached his ceiling defensively even. And, and you mentioned the fact that he has young legs and he certainly seems like it when he's fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he's not quite the leaper he was, you know, when we saw that incredible, those two incredible dunk contests, all-time classics, really, especially the first one between uh, he and Aaron Gordon, I believe it was 2015 was the first one, maybe 2016. I'm old. Um, <laughs> the thing about Zach Levine is, the, is that uh, he he dealt with knee injuries, knee, a bunch of knee problems this season. In um, mm-hmm. mid-January, he tweaked his left knee. And then for the rest of the season, he he said, this is him saying this, that he that he played at about 70 to 80%. Um, and then there were reports from Chicago from some plugged-in reporters that said it was actually more like 50%. And he's also going to have off-season surgery on that knee this mm-hmm. summer. And it's the same knee that he tore in, in uh, I believe it was, I believe, he was in Minnesota then, and then he was traded to Chicago and missed that first year in Chicago in twenty seventeen. So he's kind of an older twenty seven, if you will, yeah. and you know came into the league in twenty fourteen. Um, yeah. So you know Zach Levine, obviously a super super talented player. I do believe that he and Damian Lillard could coexist, but given the Blazers' current roster construction and how much they're going to have to rely on Anthony Simons and all the resources they are going to put into Anthony Simons this summer, I just don't see it, man.
1: I this just. I've got, a, awesome. I've got a good question I just thought of it just saying. yeah yeah okay so best case scenario Zach Levine is fully healthy you know by the fall when the seasons get ready to start right yeah and all indications yeah. are that it's it's a fairly minor procedure and he should be fine by camp sure and let's say the blazers do get him this summertime mm-hmm. do you think Zach Levine at his size currently uh is not only strong enough but able to to play the 3 instead of the 2. I mean, he can. <laughs> okay. Because here's my thing. Here's my thing. If he can play the 3 successfully and, you know, there's no issues there with size because we know usually um, guys who are playing small forward are a little bit bigger than, you know, uh guards at least size-wise yeah. and uh, even frame. Uh I've I'm not opposed to a Dame Ant Zach Levine in the starting five.
0: Oh man, I think I think you're just begging for a bottom five defense in the NBA with those
1: three. Honestly, well, right, yeah. I mean, but what 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 else can you do? I mean, I, I mean, this is of course we're we're speaking hypothetically. If they were to get Zach Levine, right, right, right. Because if they don't, I mean, do you have anybody in mind that actually would be a great defender that we that we could possibly get this summer? Well, that's the whole
0: thing, right? And if we're and if we're talking about free agents. Specifically in free agents solely, then to add a free agent of Levine's caliber. And again, he's probably the best free agent in this class. It's a really, really, really underwhelming class of free agents. In of free agents, uh, that that two way wing, he would be perfect for the Blazers. Even a guy mm-hmm. of uh, of Jeremy Grant's caliber, he just doesn't exist in the in in this year's class. Let's right. um, so say the Blazers do sign do do go out and sign Zach Levine. They would have to part with both Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic. They would have to decline the team option on Josh Hart's contract on June twenty fifth. So we'll. Actually, know before free agency whether or not the Blazers are going to take this track of going after Zach Levine or another or another top-tier free agent, because they will have to decline the team option on Josh Hart's contract on June twenty-fifth, and the free agency will start about a week after that. And then they would also have to renounce their bird rights to Yusuf Nurkic, so neither Yusuf Nurkic nor Josh Hart would be coming back if the Blazers sign Zach Levine or another free agent who will command you know near max money, let's say. So. Um. Right, right. So, so, when, so when you factor in that context, and you, and then you, and then you look at the, look at the Blazers' core after this potential move had been made, and it was made, and it's uh, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Zach Levine, Nasir Little, Justice Winslow, and and oh. where are we going? You know, right. yeah, um, wow. I, I like Trenton Wofford a lot he's yeah <laughs> i like Turner Lawford a lot i don't i don't know if he's a five he would obviously be best at the five um but i know i also know that he's no he's definitely not ready for rotation minutes on a team that has damian lillard and zach levine on it and ostensibly wants to compete toward the top of the western conference and um you know in that scenario the blazers would have some additional additional team building assets they would have you know a mid lottery pick um State of all, which they will have already used going into free agency. And then they would likely have the mid-level exception, the biennial exception. They'll still have that uh, $21 million trade exception as well. But I don't think they're going to use that uh, that $21 million trade exception, to be honest with you. And the game-changing defender that, that, you, that you would really need to supplement a a three-guard lineup of Damian Lillard, and Anthony Simon, and Zach Levine to me, I just don't think that guy is going to be – Worth it. I don't think he's. I don't, I don't think he's going to be there for the for the ten and a half million dollar mid level exception on the open market.
1: Right now, tell me this because your mind might have changed. I don't know. I don't think yeah. it has, but mm-hmm. you'll let me know right now uh, as I get this confirmation. Uh, you do think that Dame and Ant, because we we do believe Ant will be starting. You think that will work as far as them playing together in the starting five? You think both of them on the floor at the same time will be just fine?
0: Um. I mean, I guess we have to qualify what just fine means, right? <laughs> I certainly think it's a losing recipe defensively, uh, and I think that's been proven okay. throughout the playoffs, you know, just just these last three or four weeks, how many how many teams with two small guards are, are still alive or even had success in the playoffs at all. We've okay. seen small guards who were defensive liabilities get targeted again and again and again throughout the playoffs, whether it's John Morant, uh, whether it's Jordan Poole. Those guys have just been just again and again and again abused. And that's, that's the way the game is going now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and having two guys like that on the same floor. And I'm not saying that Damian Lillard or Anthony Simons are quite as bad on defense as John Moran. I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they're quite that poor, but mm-hmm. you know, you'll just, you'll just never know with Simon specifically until he gets into that playoff meat grinder. Um, but man, having, having just those two guys on the floor, because um, you, you need them on the floor, right, for the Blazers to reach their offensive ceiling. Because mm-hmm. the Blazers, as long as they have those guys, are going to win games primarily on offense. So, what they're trying, right. to, what they'd then be trying to do is just to scrape together league average defense. Um, and man, maybe you'd be able to do it during the regular season with the right parts around those guys. But in the mm-hmm. playoffs, I'd be very skeptical. And especially if you then put Zach Levine next to them. Again, a, a, probably a below average defender, um, if we're speaking objectively, just uh, in a vacuum. But Man, next to next to Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard, when you're going to ask him to take on a primary assignment and really be a disruptive help defender and play physical, uh, considering his knee injury, uh, man, I just <laughs> that just, that just does not seem like a winning proposition to me defensively. And then I also have some questions offensively. Like we've talked a lot about how it's going to be difficult for Anthony Simon specifically to coexist with Dame and enjoy the same Mm -hmm. success that he did when Dame was out last season from January to mid-March, right? I think that exactly would only complicate that even further.
1: Well, here's the thing, and I'm actually glad you had that entire spiel there because now (laughs) I'm I'm hoping I can kind of pull you over to the dark side, no pun intended. Um, So it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. And we don't think that the Blazers would do this, especially if they really just cash out on Ant this summer. Um, but it sounds like you're saying if we are to get a guy like a Zach Levine or some of these other uh, free agents that are out there that might complement Dame's game to, you know, play in the starting five together. Does that mean you could see possibly Ant being that first guy off the bench for Dame?
0: I mean, again, I think I in the absolute ideal scenario, if the Blazers were somehow able to add two impact wings, um, yes, you know, I like I, I just I just do not think that you're gonna you're gonna at the highest level in the playoffs with Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard on the court together for the vast majority of the game, right? Um, I I cer- I certainly think the Blazers would be better off if they had another lineup to go to where only one of those guys was on the floor, so only one imminently targetable defender. Um, was on the court in the most high leverage situations. And then Chauncey Billups would kind of be able to pick and choose his lineups, uh, depending on situations of situations of time and score and personnel and opponent and all that stuff. But uh, it's, it's just unrealistic, frankly, that the Blazers are going to be able to add those, you know, mul- multiple impact wings um, who are not only solid defensively, but then don't take anything away offensively. They may have the opportunity to add one of those guys. And unfortunately it's probably going to be via trade with that, uh, you know, with that high lottery pick, there was another report out just yesterday that the Blazers maintain maintain their strong interest, I believe. I believe the uh, the phrasing was on Jeremy Grant. Um, so, yeah, man, I am. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the idea of Zach Levine in Portland at all. And I really don't think it's realistic because <laughs> Joe Cronin has already said uh, at his exit interview that he expects. I don't, I don't even know if he said he expects. He, he was operating under the assumption that both Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurka should be on the team next season. And the only way they're going to be able to bring in Zach Levine via free agency is if they renounce the rights to those guys. So it frankly seems like a non-starter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the, the like you know, everyone around the league seems really, really excited about it. We're uh, getting a lot of coverage, not just locally, but also nationally. Um, mm-hmm. so you know and I think some of it has to do with the fact that Levine's from Seattle uh, of course the, the comments that his at his own exit interview after the Bulls were eliminated by the Milwaukee Bucks in five games in the first round of the playoffs you know he basically just said that he wanted to enjoy his first dip into unrestricted free agency um, he made sure to praise the Bulls and keep open the possibility of, uh, of returning to Chicago but at this point, it almost seems to me like Zach Levine and Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, his agent, are kind of just using the Blazers as leverage to foist a full five-year max from the Chicago Bulls. To, like, if, we're, if we're being real, I think that's what's going on. I think that the yeah. ship is
1: already here. Yeah, that definitely could be happening. It probably is. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Joe kind of tackles this summer. And even Dame, because, I mean... Uh, Dame knows the players that he's playing with and uh, being the guy who's been there the longest, if, if or if not the second longest, depending on who's still on the roster. Uh, he knows who who's going to work well with his game, especially him coming back fully healthy. Um, I, I know he saw Ant play this past season, so he knows mm-hmm. exactly, you know, uh, uh, Ant's capabilities and, you know, what what he can do on the court, especially when the ball is in his hands uh but it's just one of those things i think we talked about this a while back maybe even off off mic that the blazers are in a good spot as far as their potential it's just it's like there's these little you know kind of stumbling blocks as they're trying to climb this ladder to get to you know first round of the playoffs um next season and and beyond Mm -hmm. um and and this the free agents that are available uh or will be available this off season it's kind of just like who's gonna fit well uh who's gonna fit the best with Dame and then of course you have to throw Ant in the mix because he's most likely gonna start.
0: Yeah, I think a good way to look at this Levine chatter is you'd look at you'd look at Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, and Zach Levine as a big three, if you will. Just because financially right. that's the type of that's the type of money that's going to be allotted to those guys if the Blazers go ahead with a move this drastic. They would just be really, really limited. Uh, financially and in terms of in terms of their financial flexibility and their ability to add players around those guys and you know if you're a team like the los angeles lakers if you're a team like the brooklyn nets or the golden state warriors perhaps you can count on signing veterans for the minimum right who would want to come play around those or, or, or you want you want to come play around a big three and are willing to take that pay cut to come win a championship around a big three right but the blazers just have no track record of signing that of signing those types of free agents um, you know, we we talked a couple episodes ago, maybe three episodes ago, about how uh, Joe Cronin had talked about, at his exit interview, Damian Lillard and Chauncey Billups going out and recruiting free agents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm skeptical of that as well. I'm skeptical that that's going to be working. Um but it, but it better, right? If the Blazers, if, it has to, yeah. If the, if the Blazers take this track of adding Zach Levine, because if they do it, they will just be absolutely decimating the roster. Which leads me to just a, a question that we can kind of start wrapping this conversation up. So, knowing justice that the Blazers would have to part with both Josh Hart and Yusef Nurkic, do you still are you still under the of the opinion that they should add Zach Levine?
1: Um, uh, if it, wow. I guess if there's a way to work around that, then I would say no, because I don't think they should give up Nurk. I think they're going to need that presence in the paint, yeah. um, especially with the, you know, kind of the resurgence of big men, especially in the West and some of the teams that will have to play on a regular basis. We're going to need somebody down there, uh, you know, to bang with the you know brand new MVP uh, of the NBA, of the, NBA uh, the Joker, and then even guys like uh, Aiden and Phoenix. You got to have somebody down there for those guys. Um, but even right now, as I was thinking about it, and you, you tell me what you think, I know this is kind of the uh, been the conversation as we talk about guys that match well with Dame. One free agent uh, that I've really been impressed with his game over the last couple of years, especially even before uh, this kind of new super team was formed in Brooklyn is uh, Bruce Brown. Have we, have we talked about Bruce Brown already as a free agent? I am not sure that we have. I love Bruce Brown, though. Oh, I love Bruce Brown. His game is amazing. He's an automatic scorer. I mean, even before KD and uh, and Kyrie arrived in Brooklyn, he was kind of like that next guy up, it seemed like, with Dinwiddie. I mean, you could tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but his to me, his game, he's an automatic scorer. Um, he can handle the ball, and like like of course, the downside is he's only an inch taller than Dame. Right, um, he plays more. a lot. He plays a lot bigger than his size, though. On both ends, right. to me. Right, exactly. Yeah, definitely plays a lot bigger than his size. Probably a little bit more, uh, maybe even muscle on his frame than Dame has. But to me, that that's that's a thought, at least in my mind. Because as we look at the free agent field right now, you know, there's not a whole lot of two guards out there. At least, in my opinion, that um, would not only complement Dame's game, but you need someone who, like a CJ um, McCollum, is a scorer. You know, can get to the rack. You know, can shoot mid-range three here and there. I mean, I think we need something similar to that uh, to go with Dame, just to you know even be competitive at this point. Are you talking? Are you talking in the case of the Blazers adding Levine, or just in general? Uh, just in general, because even if even if they don't add Levine, mm-hmm. I think you would agree they still need somebody who. Will not only compliment Dane, but can do things similar to what CJ did as far as. You know, scoring off the dribble, pull ups, yeah. shooting—you know—somewhat consistent around the three. You know, we need somebody like that.
0: See, I think Anthony Simons uh, ticks a lot, checks a lot of those boxes. He's just a little more okay. per, more, more perimeter oriented in terms of, uh, you know, his three point rate. His three point rate is always going to be higher than CJ's, and he's not going to take as many mid rangers as CJ. That type of thing. Um, but as far mm-hmm. as Bruce Brown goes, I actually, I hadn't thought of him as a potential target in free agency this summer. But I really, really like that. Uh, he's kind of a unique player in a sense, just because even though he's a uh, he's gotten much better uh, as a corner three point shooter specifically. I think he was over forty percent from the corners, which is right where you want to be. But he's not mm-hmm. a shooter above the break. Um, you know, he's not necessarily going to run pick and roll for you. But what he does, what he did in Brooklyn, and what really has been so eye opening over the last couple of years, is that he turned into kind of like a small, a super small big man, if you will, where he was setting ball screens and catching on the short roll, and then making plays from there. Whether he was, you know, he's got that patented little floater. Uh, Two mm-hmm. feet. Um, he's got great touch from, you know, the kind of awkward range uh, from six to 12 feet. And he's also a good finisher. He's explosive. He can make decisions on the short roll. And then he's just really versatile defensively. Like I thought he did a pretty good job on Jason Tatum in the first round when they were matched up. Um, and he's certainly a bulldog. Like the Blazers just need the type of guy like that. He's going to come and set the tone. He actually kind of reminds me of Josh Hart in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I certainly, certainly like him. Um but that actually kind of speaks to the problem, um, again, of adding Zach Levine just because the Blazers' resources would be so limited. Like, who knows what Bruce Brown is going to get on the open market this year. He, he had kind of an odd season in Brooklyn where he was out of the rotation at the beginning of the year, and then he, he came back on again. And then uh, it was kind of quiet in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, you almost have to throw out anything that happened with that team this season, right?
1: Right, um,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure what he'll command in free agency. I don't think it'll be the full mid-level um but man, you know, if 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 the Blazers are getting to the point where Bruce Brown will be arguably their most significant addition in free agency,
1: that is going to be a problem. <laughs> For the- yeah. Yeah, that, I think that would be a problem if if he was the sm- most significant, that that would definitely be an issue.
0: Right, right. And if and if they had Zach Levine, that's kind of the track that the Blazers would be going down. Um, so for me, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> the Levine right. admission, I guess I'll, I guess I'll reiterate again. Um, is it, so is that, is that
1: where you're falling now or you're leaning? Don't let me speak for you. For no, 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 no. I'm with you. Uh, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, if you're going to lose Nurk, I think we both agree that the Blazers should do whatever they can to, uh, make sure that Nurk is, is with them going into next season. Right.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we, what well, we've talked about, you know, uh, some very, very, very hypothetical stuff about trading Nurk for perhaps a, an an upgraded center, but I don't think that I don't think that'll be happening. So yes. Um in a in all in, in all realistic scenarios, the Blazers must bring back Nurk for sure.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And even right now as I'm looking at uh some of the uh free agents for this summer, like I said, there's not a whole lot of big men in there anyway. No. Um in the, the pretty underwhelming group. <laughs> Right, yeah, I'm looking at you know I'm seeing names. No knock to these guys, but Caleb Martin, uh, Pat Connaughton, um, Nicholas Batum. I mean, these aren't terrible players, but they're not the you know these aren't these aren't the stars that you've seen in years past when you know free agents are you know kind of just looking to pack their bags and go somewhere and ball out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah. before we move on from Levine, just to talk
0: some general playoff stuff, Justice, I got to pin you down here because I'm, oh boy, because it, you know, you know my take. I wrote, I wrote it very plainly in a, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how plain the writing was. It was. I was on something with that article today, but okay. <laughs> just just a thousand words basically saying no to Zach Levine in Portland. How do you feel? Yeah. What's, what's your final answer on this?
1: <laughs> yeah, if there's no way to do, and it sounds like you're saying there is no way to do it without losing NERC, right? There is
0: no way to do it without losing. NERC. <laughs> All right.
1: With that with that being said, my final answer here is no, uh, because we need we need NERC. And like I said, like you mentioned, we're not. Most likely going to be getting rid of Nurk to get another, you know, center or big man down there, uh, and we need him. Like I said, we even just looking at the playoffs now. Almost every team that's been successful, they've got a stellar big man or somebody that can play big down there. Yeah, and you know, he, he's the biggest guy we got right now, and he, you know, he plays well with Dame. He knows the system. Uh, I think he's the best fit for us right now. So yeah, no, no Levine because we can't lose Nurk.
0: Okay, so we agree on that. And now that we're we're talking about Nurk, I just kind of want to get into just a general observation that I've kind of been making throughout the playoffs about the Blazers and about Nurkic, um, kind of about his role with the team and the strengths and limitations of his game. One of the really defining aspects of this year's playoffs so far to me have been just how many big men have been, like traditional big men, more plotting centers have been played off the floor. Um, you know, by through, through guys like Luka Doncic and John Morant and, uh, Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant targeting those players, guys who can't guard them one on one, because that's what happens. That's what happens in the, uh, in the playoffs, right? Everything's, everything's looked at through a microscope. Every, every matchup matters. If there's something, if there's an area to exploit, the other team will exploit it. And so Mm -hmm. with Yusuf Nurkic out there, for the Blazers, and he's more mobile than you think, uh, certainly more mobile than he looks, but he's not a switch defender, right? Right. If, like, if he, like if he's stuck on an island with Ja Morant, for instance, that is, oh, a, man. that is a losing proposition for the Blazers. If he's stuck on an island with even Jordan Poole, um, my God, Jordan Poole has some has some juice. But, yes. Yeah, ooh, no kidding. I, I I was actually uh I was watching the Warriors of the last of last week or so here, and I think the last time we talked about Jordan Poole, I said he was a spitting image of Steph Curry in you know, <laughs> in a sense, but Steph Curry has never been been this explosive or fast with the ball um in, his, no. in, in a straight line as Jordan Poole. That no. guy that guy has juice. But getting back to Nurk, um I just worry that he's not quite versatile versatile enough defensively to really anchor a a stellar playoff defense, the type of the, the type of defense the Blazers will need to play to reach the second round of the playoffs. And then on the other end of the floor, it's kind of the same problem. He's just not quite versatile enough. He's not a he's not a three point shooter. He's not going to space the floor for you uh, away from the play. And then he's not skying for lobs. Um, you know, he's more of a catch on the roll, take one dribble and can finish with finesse at the rim or find a shooter in the weak corner uh that type of thing you can work the dribble handoff game you can run some delay action uh through him at the top of the key but again that's just not the type of stuff that is really really going to put pressure on playoff defenses um Mm -hmm. so i just i just worry a little bit um with the blazers relying so heavily really being forced to rely so heavily on yusuf nurkic going forward because the big men that we've seen thrive in the playoffs and really uh in, in really ways that we didn't anticipate, like Al Horford, uh, like Maxi Kleba, um even Larry Nance actually. Like mm-hmm. he really, really showed out well for the New Orleans Pelicans when they downsized and put him at the five. Uh mm-hmm. Brandon Clark there with the with the with the Grizzlies for a little bit. We've seen teams downsize and put more athletic, versatile, skilled players at the five, and that's just not Yusuf Nurkic. So going forward, that's just gonna be, you know, and really an imminent problem from the Blazers. And I'm not quite sure how they're supposed to address it.
1: Right. And it sounds like from the conversations we've had, there's no, I mean, there's ways to move Nurk, but in my mind, I'm like, who are we going to get for him? You know what I mean? Who, who would we get for Nurk? Who, who, who would want to send somebody our way outside of the conversations we've had already with, I think we threw Julius Randall in there and a few yeah. other guys. But uh, I'm not opposed to, you know, your thoughts uh, uh, regarding, you know, having uh, more athletic fives and fours. I think we've seen, we saw a great battle uh, with uh, uh, Draymond Green and the Joker um, in that series that, oh, man. you know, clearly uh clearly the joker towers over draymond and draymond was able to get him in foul trouble uh got him just flustered and got under his skin so you don't have to have that towering big necessarily down low uh but you do have to have somebody not only athletic um so that they can get those lobs and kind of you know make those cuts and work the pick and roll but uh they also have to be able to defend on some of those big men who are becoming stars especially in the West, uh, like like you heard me earlier, I usually mm-hmm. highlight uh, Aiton and Phoenix. And then of, co- of course, uh, the Joker um, in Denver, and then even, you know, Cat in Minnesota. Like, I think a good
0: way to look at what I'm talking about with Nurk is like, just like, and I'll just, and I'll just ask you, how much better would the Blazers be if they had Al Horford instead of Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah, they'd be much better. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, and, like, and I'm not sure people think about, think about uh, Yusuf Nurkic that way locally right like they like they make mm. he's a better player than al horford and granted al horford and and just to be clear to our listeners and you justice i am taping game five between milwaukee and <laughs> so i have no idea what happened in that one. Um, uh, First
1: of first of all real quick sidebar i don't want to ruin anything for you uh, <laughs> but i'll just say this the conversation that we had about um you know kind of smaller uh two guards getting destroyed mm-hmm. uh, on the other end of the floor i'll just say there, there's a dynamic of that with Grayson Allen. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I, I, I was literally going to say,
1: "Ooh, that's Grayson Allen's music." I think uh, <laughs> course- it is. That that is the Grayson Allen theme song, and literally what we were talking about was happening as we started the podcast tonight. So just want to give you a heads up on that.
0: Well, listen, and it's and it's not just like you know negative defenders like Grayson Allen. Like Grayson Allen is a guy who the Bucs know, like Mike Budenholzer knew that uh, Grayson Allen would be targeted by Jason Tatum and in Jalen Brown in isolation, right? And pick and Mm -hmm. roll that the Celtics would be working to get that switch. And that's why they were hedging and recovering a lot of stuff, um, that Grayson Allen was involved in as defending the screener. But it was even a problem for George Hill at the end of game four, when the Celtics came back and had that incredible fourth quarter, I think they put up 42 on Milwaukee, um, Mm. in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, which almost seems impossible. But, um, you saw the the were willing to switch George Hill, a quality defender throughout his career, onto Jason Tatum, and Tatum just ate him. Um, oh, there, yeah. there was there was just nothing George Hill could do. Um, so when you think about a guy like like George Hill just getting abused by Jason Tatum like that, you know Damian Lillard isn't he's not a better defender than George Hill. Anthony Simons isn't a better defender than George Hill. So no. almost like getting getting back to Levine. Like, I'm not even sure that Zach Levine is is a much better defender than George Hill. Maybe he would be on Jason Tatum, um, and Hill's obviously getting old, and you know he just sure. he actually just came back from a long absence. You have to factor all that stuff in, but just in general, I think th- this just kind of gets back to the point that the Blazers just have so many players who are either targetable defensively or just aren't quite as versatile um, as you want defensively, um, especially compared to what we've seen from these teams who are still playing right now. Um, so that's, that's really my biggest worry for Portland and why, I think that, and why I think the Zach Levine thing just doesn't make any sense because they already have so many areas that opposing teams will target, so many players uh, who opposing teams will try and take advantage of when it matters most, uh, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. Um, And so that's what I, that's what I really, really worry about with this team. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just with Nurkic, it's on the perimeter. And that's, uh, that's nearly as big an issue for me um, as it is Nurk's lack of versatility.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you. Um, I'm doubling down on the no-go for Levine. Uh, (laughs) My only thoughts are, and you tell me, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that in this summer alone, if necessary, uh, because it might be just as we talk about Nurk's mobility and you know, how some of these other teams look as far as their big men go. I mean, even if we're talking about uh, Memphis, Brandon Clark is even only 6'8". And I say yeah. that, you know, compared to, uh, you know, uh, I guess a generic big man being 6'11", 6'10", kind of in that range, mm-hmm. um, at least at the center or even uh, at the four as well. Um, is there any way this summer that not only we move Nurk and get somebody to replace him a little bit lighter, maybe you can have uh, more of a leaping ability and, mm-hmm. you know, do some more than of that off the baseline and, in uh transition and also bring in a solid two for, uh, to pair with Dame and Ant.
0: I mean, I, I, like I think, I think that's the dream, right? Like, yeah, like, I mean, like you're yeah. in the, you're you replace Nurk with like an Al Horford, like light, because obviously you're not going to get a player of that caliber. Um, and yeah. then, and I don't think you're targeting for. it. And I think we, this is maybe where we disagree. Um, mm-hmm. You think we need to target a two? For me, the Blazers need to target more of a three or a four, uh, you know, a wing, a three point five, if you will.
1: And you say that because you're you're believing that Ant and Dame will start. Is that why?
0: Yeah, and just because like that's you know that's the player. That's the player who can stay on the floor in the playoffs uh, no matter right. no matter what team he's playing for you know it's the it's the guy who can defend at least four positions uh you can switch on to ball handlers you can switch on to bigs uh who's a you know who's a who's an effective nail defender you can provide some supplement supplementary rim protection, but then also isn't going to be completely avoided on the other end. You can make an open three you can put the ball on the floor once or once or twice after attacking a close out that type of thing and the blazers who do they have on the roster right now? Who, who fits (laughs) that bill, who we know fits that bill. Uh, hopefully Nasir little, right. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, it all comes down to the jumper for him. Um, and, uh, you know, Josh Hart, perhaps, but even he's like a little undersized and he was definitely over his head as a, as a three point shooter uh, once he got to Portland. I think he's just like a career 33, 34% three point shooter. So the Blazers to me really need as many wings as they can get. Um, and, and as we've discussed, like there just aren't any on the open market. And I think that's one of the reasons why they maintain such strong interest in Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, he's like, he certainly fits that bill. Even if you're not a huge fan of his game, you can certainly admit that he's the type of guy who can guard multiple positions. who can knock down an open shot. Um, you know, he could even play some small ball five for you in certain lineups against, against the right team if you really wanted to. Um, so for me, and we can kind of just get back to Levine here to wrap up. Um, if the Blazers had to choose between, Zach Levine and Jeremy Grant, and I realized that they'd be acquiring those guys different ways. With Levine, it would very likely be you know, via free agency, like we said, that would have to use cap space. And uh, for Grant, they'd, they'd be trading for him. But I'd just much, much rather the Blazers go after Jeremy Grant. I think he's a far better fit um, than Zach Levine with the Blazers, um, even though Levine, you know, in a vacuum is a better player. Uh, do you feel the same
1: way? Uh, I do. And you know what's crazy is now that I think about it, I am going to try to switch my mentality to kind of what you were saying that, yeah, we do need to focus on the wings. We do need a solid three. It's, I mean, it's pretty much going to be the case that uh, Dame and Ant both start because they're going to have to give uh uh, and a little bit extra bread this summertime. Mm-hmm. Um so with that being said, yeah, I am even kind of going back to the conversations we had uh either last episode or a few shows ago with um guys like TJ Warren. Yep. Um and even like you said, of course uh the Jeremy Grant type thing is to me that that would be ideal. Yeah we even we we even talked so like about that.
0: uh we even talked about Kyle Anderson on the la- on the on the last show. Yes. The one before that.
1: Hmm. Yes, yeah. we did. Yes, we did. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Now, now that I that that, that I've heard and, and kind of listened to you, and I think you've you've probably pounded it into my head. Now that I've uh, <laughs> uh, opened up my eyes and heart to it, yeah, wings wings are what we need, and uh, we need a solid. Doesn't have to be a superstar, but a solid, consistent uh, three that will complement. You know, pretty much uh, our, our, two guards that are going to be starting, which I believe in, it's going to be Dame and Ant, uh, because they have to pay him. They have to pay Ant this summer. I mean, that's, that's, that that's required. Right. I mean, that Absolutely. there's no way around that.
0: There's no, there's no way around it. I mean, the Cronin's already said that Ant's going to be back. Ant's already said that he wants to be back. That contract is coming. It's just a matter of what the number is. Um, yeah. and, and really just, for, just for me watching the playoffs, it's just been this, I've just thought, hmm, if the Blazers were in 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 the playoff field next season, they would just be totally incongruent compared to every other te- every other playoff team in terms of in terms of their lineup construction, in terms of. Uh in terms of the defense they'd play, in terms of their lack of defensive versatility, and that's really just because, and it's what I just keep coming back to, is because they're small on the perimeter and you you can be small on the perimeter, as we've discussed. If Marcus Smart's one of those guys, if uh, Drew Holiday is one of those guys, if even Fred Van Vliet is one of those guys, even a guy like Derek White is one of those guys, but that's not what the Blazers have. They have Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. So I certainly don't think adding Zach Levine to those two is going to make life any easier on the rest of the roster defensively, especially because they'd have to part with Nurk. And then in the scenario where the Blazers don't part with Nurk and avoid signing Levine, I still worry just because that lack of versatility on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, I'm just I'm just not sure how the Blazers are supposed to address it given their lack of team building assets. Um, which really kind of comes back to just how pivotal it was um, for the Blazers uh, to get to get New Orleans' first-round pick this season. And instead, we know what happened: CJ was traded to New Orleans, and New Orleans made the playoffs. And man, um, it is—it's—it's uh, it's ruining the Blazers' offseason before we even get there. Uh, because, like, <laughs> like I've like I've convinced you, I've beaten into your head, just beaten you over the, yes. over the head with it. The Blazers need wings. And yeah. man, that uh, that additional lottery pick really would have gone a long way toward, you know, addressing addressing that need. And, and as it is, I'm just not sure how they do
1: it. Yeah, no kidding. I, and even right now, I'm looking at the uh, uh, Warriors roster and their death chart. And I was thinking to myself, not making any comparisons, you know, playing-wise or even skills-wise. Mm-hmm. But I know we we both probably seen that starting lineup that the Warriors will do or had done. Um, I should say, uh, when when Jordan Poole was kind of starting to really uh, just okay. explode there, where it was I think it was Steph Curry, Poole, Clay, um, Kaminga, and Draymond Green, if I'm not mistaken. Wiggins is out there. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, the Blazers the, they're going to use their own blueprint, of course, but they could, if they wanted to, try to configure something that like that with either Dame or Ant at the one and two. And then at the three, you know, whoever that free agent is, hopefully that we get in, maybe a T.J. Warren, maybe a, you know, Jeremy Grant or something like mm-hmm. that. And then whoever you want at the four and Nurk at the five, they may be able to swing that if, if they chose to go that route. I mean, I'm 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 saying obviously the Warriors are having a different type of success because they've you know won a couple of rings and yeah. uh, that group is kind of so used to each other. But as I think about how Steph and a Jordan Poole kind of mesh. And, and play well together. I could kind of see that happening with a Dame Ant and then you throw in a, a stud at, at the three at the small forward position. That might kind of be a good concoction.
0: Uh, I would agree if the Blazers had the greatest defender of his generation on the roster. If Draymond Green was to come to Portland, abso- like, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right, 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 exactly. You know? um, but you know, a guy like Draymond, he's just so smart. Uh, he can do literally whatever you ask of him defensively, and some stuff you don't ask of him. True. Defensively, uh, just to just to make life easier on all those guys, to put out fires, uh, you know that you might, you we may not even see happening, but Draymond sees them happening. You know, right. um, and, th- and the other thing about that, about that Warriors lineup and why the Warriors have been so successful going small is, and I've mentioned this uh, on the show before, is just because Andrew Wiggins is playing more inspired, physical, intense basketball than I've ever seen him play. True. Um, so yeah, if the, if the Warriors were somehow able to add, let's say a, even just a Wiggins caliber wing um, mm-hmm. and then Draymond Green magically wanted to uh, come up, <laughs> come up the West coast to Portland, I'm hell, throw, you know, throw, Throw Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Andrew Wiggins, and Andrew Wiggins type. Let's just say Jeremy Grant, uh, Jeremy yeah. Grant, and Draymond Green out there in the playoffs. Let's see what would happen. Let's see. Let's see if they can, you know, put up a hundred and twenty offensive rating, and Draymond and Jeremy Grant could wreak enough havoc, um, you know, and, and the rest of the guys could be sound enough scheme wise, uh, you know, to, to at least manage average defense and really ignite the transition attack. But. That's, a, that's the biggest hypothetical there is, right? And I, yeah. but, that, but that's what I think is necessary uh, to kind of account for just the, the widespread deficiencies that a backcourt like Dame and Ant present defensively is you need a guy like Draymond Green. You need a guy like Giannis. Um, and you know there are only a couple of those guys in basketball, only a few of those guys in basketball. And, and they're not coming to Portland. And Zach Levine is certainly not that guy. And unfortunately, Jeremy Grant is not even that guy.
1: So, right. yeah. yeah. So,
0: just for all our listeners, uh, you know, just coming to coming to hear some good news about the Trailblazers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just stay tuned. Just stay, yeah, tuned. stay tuned. Yeah, that, that's next week. Next week, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Keep your eyes on your on your uh, Twitter feeds and and Instagram and uh, NBA. dot com and all that good stuff.
0: All right, Justice. Uh, that's that's probably it for us. Where can everyone follow your
1: work? Oh yes, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Justice Rogers TV, and that's spelled just the way it sounds. That's at J U S T U S last name Rogers R-O-G-E-R-S-T-V. TV. Uh, usually on Twitter the most, talking basketball, entertainment, whatever's going on in the world. Jaw jacking with. No pun intended, my friend Jack here. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I can be found on a regular basis. And you can
0: find me at Armstrong Winter on Twitter. All my Blazers and NBA work at Clutch Points. And I mentioned this last time, if you feel so inclined, definitely give us a review. Uh, and of course, one star, five star, three, hell, even two, four. Give us it all. We'll, we'll take all We'll take all the reviews, but definitely leave those on your favorite podcast player wherever you're listening to us. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, Justice, you got anything else for our listeners before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, actually, real quick, uh, yeah. before we get out of here, I will read this review from uh, this? A- April 7th. Uh, whoever le- left this review, their name is Dallas all day, so they must be from Texas, or That's their nice. name is Dallas. Uh, one or the other. Uh, they, they gave us five stars. They say, "Go Blazers!" I think this is my favorite Blazers podcast. Please keep it going. Oh, thank you, Dallas. Yeah, shout out to Dallas all day. Then, uh, Apple Podcast app for us. Yeah. love that,
0: and uh listeners definitely following Justice or Justice Dallas is in- <laughs> if you feel so inclined, and Justice and. All right, good playoffs guys.